Pulp MX Network production. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, stay tuned for more info about a Pulp Mix discount code on Michelin bicycle tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And, of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex wrap-up show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, we're ready to get this thing rolling. And first up, brought to you by Guts Racing, producer Talon. Talon Taylor, what's up, dude? Hey, Darkside, what's up? Not much, man. Excited to get another episode of the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show and try once again to make Steve happy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a tough task right there. Yeah, for me it sure is, but you know, but at least he listens to my show. He doesn't even listen to Jason Thomas's industry seating, so. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> but also brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, Chris Betts. What is up, Betts? What's up, Darkside? How you doing? Not much, man. I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to have you on here. I, I'm surprised that you were willing to do it, being, you know, a, a baseball superstar. Yeah, man, during, during spring training, I didn't anything to do. So. <laughs> so you're slumming it with us today on the wrap-up show. Uh, well, man, let's let's jump right into episode 418. Jason Thomas in studio and the, the great Ryan Villapoto in for a little while. Um, I want to start off, though. Obviously, this show was Daytona-heavy talent, and as usual, Steve is not happy, full of complaints. Uh, JT said it was just garbage text about garbage everything, garbage security, garbage spectating, garbage track. Uh, the race sucked. They should get rid of the race. Talon, man, I don't know about Steve sometimes. He's he's a little out there on this one, I think. Yeah, especially when a lot of the stuff he was complaining about 
he didn't even have to deal with because he wasn't even at the race. Yeah. Like, he's complaining about the, the lines to get your passes and all that, and he didn't even have to deal with any of that. Yeah, I mean, look, some of those things are legitimate gripes, and to be honest, I was planning on going to Daytona next year, and Steve's kind of talked me out of going at this point um, with his negativity towards this race. But having St- uh, JT there and, you know, some of the other guys that talked about it, even, you know, RV did say this track was uh, was trash, but um, bets, man, I don't know. I still think Daytona is a legitimate race. It's, you know, viewed very highly. Um, what do you think of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty boring to watch on okay. TV, honestly. Um, and from Steve's side, like I, I guess I understand all his bitching and moaning um, about the will call and everything, but like Pound said, he didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was obviously enough backlash from JT and those guys, though, for, for Steve to be complaining about it. He obviously heard right. it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it definitely um, came from somewhere. I mean, and, and the, some of the gripes are legitimate, but, you know, the the track is has a massive historical you know, p- prevalence in the sport. Uh, you know, obviously it was the 50th anniversary. They made a huge deal about that. Um, I don't know that Steve, you know, I don't think getting rid of the race or, you know, he, him suggesting getting rid of the race is quite quite where it needs to be, Betts. I don't think that's, I think that's a little drastic. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can get rid of the race. Um, but then again, like, you know, I don't know enough about riding their bikes to uh, complain about a track or sure. how it rides or how it races. You know, I just, I just sit on my couch and watch it on TV. Well, how about, um, since you're, you're relatively new to the Pulp Show, um, how long have you been listening? Uh, it actually started on my, AC suggested it on my drive out to spring training last year. Okay. So for like 38 hours straight, I was. <laughs> okay, so... When Steve goes on these rants, for someone that's relatively new and you're not really a rider, is it entertaining for you or is it kind of like, come on, Steve, not again? No, yeah. It's the only one that totally lost me and I wanted to run my head through a wall was his, like, him trying to explain his fucking tough luck thing. <laughs> like, he sounded like he was like, oh, yeah. It sounded like he was explaining, like, the tough blocks are going to sit in, like, a TSA fucking tray and be <laughs> welded to the ground. Like, I, yeah, and he wants me. He wants the Dirtworks crew to drill in each one of the trays so the trays, I don't know, it's so much work for the Dirtworks crew, what he was trying to pass. Yeah, right. that's funny. <laughs> TSA trays, I love that. Uh, I mean, he didn't explain it very well. I, I get where he's coming from, you know, and he's obviously he's he's living off of his Nets idea, which was fantastic idea. Um, so, you know, I, I get where he's coming from. There needs to be some improvements, but yeah, the, the rants are always entertaining, and they were, once again, a classic rant about Daytona. Um, so, anyway, it was very entertaining, at least for all of us, Talon. Yeah, it was entertaining, for sure. All right, um, RV, I, and I, oh, go I, ahead. No, you can. Okay, RV was in for a little while, um, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe already had a few drinks when he came in, not sure. He was definitely the RV that we've grown to love, Bets. Uh, I don't know how much experience you have with Ron Villapoto. But he came in and uh, had some hot takes. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he brings it. Like, yes. he's gnarly. Um, well, all I could think about is, like, how fucking, you know, like, good does someone have to be at what they've done in their career to, like, have that much confidence? And I can't even imagine, like, just, like, he walks into the room and it's just, like, he owns it. It's his. Yeah. It's pretty badass. I, I'm all for it. Because I think it's, it's uh 
I think it's confidence that's well deserved, but I just love the way he fucking carries himself and talks to people and he don't give he don't give a damn who's on the line or who he's with, so that's pretty rad. Yeah, he's you're right about that. He he will put out his uh, opinion very quickly. He will give it back to Steve Talon. Um you kind of mentioned that he sort of took over, which basically he, you know, he would put Steve in his place, not taking any of Steve's BS. Yeah, yeah, like normally a co-host comes in and they let show, they let Steve run the show and yep. then they you know, Steve kind of tosses it to them every once in a while, but not RV. Like, he comes in and he's taking over saying his sponsors over, you know, EVS. He's <laughs> right, saying yeah. use his knee braces. But yes. he comes in it's the RV2 show for an hour and a half. But I liked it. It was great. Okay, so it was relatively short. You know, I think he was in, like you said, an hour and a half, maybe you know, an hour plus anyway, and then he took off to go play top golf. Um, Betts, do you, did you like it that it was only an hour and a half, or would you have rather him been in for the whole show? Because... Sometimes when he's in for the whole show, it to me it gets to be a little much because he does overtake everything. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that's where it's like I'm just totally conscious of like who he is. Like, who the fuck am I to say that Ryan Villapoto is on the show for too long? You know, right? Like, it that's not my place. But I thought I honestly thought the funniest thing was like. Him just kind of saying, "All right, bet. Like I got to bounce. You buy me a fucking Uber. Like I'm going to pop yeah. off. Like I'll see you later." Yeah, that was like he can't get his own Uber. But that was... Yeah, like I'm kind of, I'm honestly all for it. Like I'm all for the richest retired rider, best retired rider ever. Like it's that's the kind of shit I like. Yeah, did you like what he said about your boy uh, AC? Hell yeah, that was awesome. I mean, I've been saying it the whole time, but I'm glad someone people are starting to jump on. Yeah, he said, uh, AC has blown my expectations on a 450 1,000%. So I, when, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, I bet Betts is, Betts is loving it right now. Uh, Talon, what about the, uh, the you know, he's in town for, for Comic-Con. That's what JT and Steve kept. Yeah, get. Comic-Con. Yeah, that's <laughs> Are you going to wear a costume? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, Steve should have said that he was a cop. Oh, I'm yeah. a cop joke from yeah. last week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Villapoto, always entertaining. We're going to talk about A-Ray and Cade Clayson right now, and, uh, and RV had some great opinions on that. But the other thing that RV brought up, or they were talking about the Star deal, which he really, the Star Yamaha deal, and he didn't know a lot about it, but he, he typical RV bets, he was like, what are you talking about? Who cares? Like, oh, maybe next yeah. time. Like, no big deal, right? I mean, he, like, you guys are being ridiculous. Yeah, I think that... Uh... I think that's just him really not giving a fuck. Like it's not about him. He don't he don't really care. Um, I mean he he I, he probably thinks that Steve and Keith are just like you know trying to play dress up with Barbie dolls or something like that. Like that's just not <laughs> yeah. that's not a big deal to him. Like he don't really give a shit. And that's his, his world, man. It, well, exactly. And we're gonna we're gonna get into another one of those situations here in a minute, Talon, with uh, the Alex Ray Cade Clayson. Call Steve. Steve decides to get A Ray and Kate on. Does at the same time doesn't let them know that they're going to be on at the same time, which I'm sure they they kind of hinted that they kind of figured it out. But after yeah, A Ray sure takes A Ray takes out Cade in the LCQ at Daytona, this had to happen. Um, what do you think about the A Ray Cade Clayson conversation? Cade wasn't too mad, you know. He said he wasn't mad anyway. A Ray blocks Cade on Twitter because that's what A Ray does. What What do you think about that particular interview and the uh, the strain maybe on their friendship? Oh, I think the friendship is fine. I think they're just doing the friendly jabs. But I think the funniest part of that whole thing was when 
Cason first got on the line, RV asked him, were you doing the amateur day or the pro day? <laughs> and, <laughs> and A-Ray loved that. I mean, that was that made his night. Um, that was a pretty good blow, like an unintentional blow right there. Yeah, it, it hurt. I actually texted Alex and Cade after that conversation. And I was like, dude, how serious is this? And, uh, you know, Cade said, he texted me back. He said, you know, I wasn't mad before the conversation, but now I'm mad. I'm like legitimately mad. And A-Ray was just dying laughing on, on the text about the RV comment. He said that made my night. So there might be some real heat bets. Yeah, I don't, I was watching it, and as soon as like, as soon as A Ray just came from the next TV screen over in the in the cage, I, I just, I think I just said, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah. Like I knowing that they're boys, like they, I don't know. I thought Steve said something about them living together briefly or roommates or. Yep, they were. Like, yeah, and I was watching the race with a uh, with a buddy who doesn't know much about the sport, but but still kind of into it out here and. And I told him, like, yeah, I think they're roommates. And, and and we were pretty much equating it to, like, if he just drilled me in the head on purpose during live batting practice. Like, well, let, why? Let's, so how would that go down? In your world, how would that go down? If it's your your best bud and he – I mean, because A-Ray took him out intentionally, it seemed like. So if you get drilled in the head, I right. mean, how do you come back from that? Well, yeah, like, like I, I don't fucking care if I get on base. I don't want to get hit by a fucking baseball. Like, <laughs> right. I don't, don't yeah. want to get hit by the pitch. Like, yeah. So – if I know that it's intentional, like we're scrapping and it, it's not like, it's not, it's in the clubhouse. Like, it's like, I'm going to take off my Jersey. I'm going to give it to the clubbies so they can start their laundry. And you know, I'm, I'm going to be a good dude and let them do their job. And then as soon as my Jersey's off, like let's party, like it's time to get down. I, yeah. I'm, and it was for seventh in the LCQ. Like it wasn't <laughs> right. It wasn't it was like yeah. fourth. So it wasn't for a qualifying position on the last lap. Like, it wasn't. They weren't really that close to qualifying. Yeah, I, I was. I, I, I get why he's mad. I sure. was very surprised, and I, uh, you know, I, I responded to Steve's Twitter post about it immediately. And later on, A Ray was basically like, "Oh, bullshit!" So like, he didn't. I don't think A Ray thought it was that big of a deal, and I don't know that Cade really thought it was that big of a deal. Like, he wasn't mad about it. He said he legitimately wasn't mad until after Steve got the thing going and in <laughs> A Ray's reaction. So I want to ask you guys. Uh, I'll go with you, Talon. Uh, when Steve knowingly is getting these guys on to stir the pot, um, it's good radio, but they're also his buddies. So what do you think about that? I think it works because they are his buddies. Yeah. Like I think Steve Steve's close enough friends with them that he could stir the pot and it's it's fine. You know, maybe if a different journalist did it, it might not be taken the right way, but when it's Steve, like it's just your buddy giving you jabs and there's there just happens to be, you know, forty thousand people listening. <laughs> yeah, it's good it's great radio. Yeah. So Oh, I, and also Ron Villapoto still in the studio. He he's busting on him. He's like, you guys are acting like chicks. Sounds like a bunch of chicks. He decides to get up and take a piss break if you're watching on face, Facebook because he's so over it. Comes back with a, the quote of the night, probably, are you still talking about this? He cannot, like, <laughs> RV is no bullshit, uh, um, you know, and just, like, couldn't believe that the show, I guess, he, obviously, he doesn't really know what the show is about, right? I mean, we need that stuff for the entertainment value, but RV pretty much putting it, the, the real reality out there that this is stupid. Bets. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that made me cringe when he said that. Just like, <laughs> oh, it, I I wanted to like, it, I was so interesting, but it made me so uncomfortable. I just wanted yeah. to like disintegrate. Like I just, 
I wanted to keep listening, but I, it just was making me so uncomfortable. Exactly. And then Alex says, uh, hey, you know, RV, let's go ride together sometime. <laughs> and RV gets yeah. fired up and says, I will smoke you. Uh, great. R- Ron Villapoto is always good. Just like uh, Jack and Coke, uh, Jake and Coke, man. Jake I mean, and Coke. Fantastic, fantastic in-studio guest. All right, let's get to yeah, greatest uh, retired writer ever. A hundred percent, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bradshaw, man, I don't know. That's tough, but but Bradshaw would never would claim RV that let you ride his bike. We're not talking about that. Moving on. Uh-huh. Uh, Eli Tomac finally back on the show. Um, Steve decided not to ask him about why he hadn't been on. You think that was a good idea, Bets, or would you have liked him to ask the question? Hell no, you can't ask him that. That's okay. like. That's like that's like getting in some shit with your chick, and then like out of the blue for no reason at all when she's back being stoked, being like, "Hey, you remember that one time I pissed you off?" Really? <laughs> yeah. Good. Good analogy. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. I agree. Fair enough. All right. So anyway, Eli, though, you know, look, we know that Eli is usually pretty uh, quiet. He doesn't really give a really a lot of detailed answers. I thought Steve did a fantastic job with this interview, or at least Eli was a fantastic guest. He gave good answers, really said some things um, that I was kind of surprised about, uh, about being more level-headed this year. Like, he admitted that, basically, uh, bets that he's he knows he's been kind of crazy in the past. Or uh, Yeah, I think that uh, I think that was actually kind of sick to hear that out of him. Yeah. Um, I think it helps you as an athlete and your confidence when you can confidently admit that kind of stuff. You know, your like deficiencies, especially when when they've actually gotten better and it's not just you bullshitting and, and, and talking as if they have gotten better. Like we've all seen that his sporadicness has gotten better. So I mean he was he seemed spot on with that and I'm sure that's a good place for him mentally to be to be able to admit that on a show like Pulse Two with someone like Steve running it. Yeah, I agree. Uh and talent, you know, I, I was a little surprised because, like we, we I've said, we we know that Eli's usually keeps things close, right? He doesn't like to give a lot of info. Uh, you know, a couple years ago with the back injury, he they kept that secret, didn't want to talk about it. Um, do you feel like he opened up because he knows the platform that Mathis has is so large, or you know, why do you think he opened up like that with Steve? I feel like that's just kind of been the way he's been all year. Like even in the post race interviews and the uh the press conferences he just seemed more relaxed all year and i don't know if that he's getting married or whatever like home life like Kiefer says or yeah what but he's i don't i don't know if it was really him acting a certain way for the pulse but it just seems like seems like that's how he is now yeah it was that was good a little I, more open yeah exactly you know and steve you know was uh you know good enough to ask about the barsha incidents and the davolo davolos incidents and eli you know was again pretty forthcoming you know and said hey uh, you know, Barsha, I think Barsha was pissed because my handlebar got into him and felt like I got into him more than, uh, you know, I really did basically is what he said. But again, I think in the past he might've just kind of blown that question off, but he was pretty open with Steve, gave some good information and, and bets. He, uh, he had some really good things to say about AC in a roundabout way again, just like RV did. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even really call it roundabout. Like, you know, like, being at the races, like, I've seen those two, and, like, he ain't lying. Like, it, it's like he goes into the truck to do whatever they do, debrief or whatnot, or goes out to sign some autographs, he goes back into his RV, and, you know, Adam goes back into the truck, and, like, they really don't cross paths at all. Um, 
And, you know, that's, that's not my relationship or that's not, especially not my relationship to speak on, but like, I feel like you could, you would be able to sense the energy if there was any sort of bad vibes there. And, and there definitely doesn't seem to be any. So that's, that's cool. And, and I really, I really think you're just being kind of honest and people don't realize how little interaction they might have during the day. Yeah. But how about the fact that he, you know, he sort he said, you know, because Steve asked him about having AC in there and that, that's where that part of the conversation came from. And he also was like, you know, it's, kind of got a little annoying him being the fastest qualifier every week and Eli being second a lot, uh, which, again, I think that's pretty open to saying, hey, man, it, it was bothering me just a little. No doubt, especially when it's that close, too. And, you know, you're supposed to be the guy that can go super fast, and now this this new this rookie's going faster. Like, I mean, I, and I don't doubt he's the only one that was bugging either. Like, you know, I'm sure everyone in the pits was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, how can we stop this? But, um but yeah, no, and I, I just thought it was, you know, like you said, I thought it was really honest of him and, and just straight up, which, which was really respectful. Yeah, and Talon, we haven't really talked a lot about Jason Thomas being in studio. We hadn't talked about it at all other than that he was there. Um, what do you think about JT being in studio as a co-host and just how he kind of, uh, you know, is the, alt, not the alter ego, but the opposite of Steve, really? Yeah, I think it's great. Like, they work great together, and like the way they, when they argue against each other, they just kind of pick a side and maybe I think most of the time it is actually their opinions and they just go so hard against each other. And they're such good friends that it makes it even, they go even harder against each other, like just to battle, just to argue, just for the sake of argument. Yeah. I, I really think that JT's opinions are definitely his opinions. I think sometimes Steve maybe has a, an opinion that's sort of like, ah, I'm 50% feeling this way. But once JT gives him the opposite, then Steve goes all in. Like, he cannot agree with JT at all, but And then eventually Steve crosses a line. He just goes so far out, and <laughs> JT just, he's like, okay, whatever, you win. Yeah. You can yeah. have it. Yeah. Um, hey, Betts, I want to ask you a little bit. You talked about how you first got into Pulp, you know, with AC suggesting it in your travel. Um, at that point, how much were you? did you know about Moto at all? Um, I, I honestly, I... I feel like I was a pretty educated um, moto fan. It was like, you know, like we didn't go to races as much as I got older. It was just like, you know, my world was so busy uh, every weekend. It was either out of state or playing late or working out or just doing something kind of like how these moto guys come up. But, uh, but I, I mean, I definitely, I feel like I, I didn't miss more than maybe a dozen races over the last, a dozen supercrosses over the last 10 years. So, okay. so I was really like pretty educated on it. But my, what really got me was listening to Pulp and like in turn, like I didn't find vital until like two years ago, like just how much drama is out there. Like I was just looking at it as a really educated, like standard fan and not really investing in anything outside of that. It was just a Saturday night fan and loving it and like locked in. Yeah. Um, I didn't follow many things on social media that were moto, nothing like just, just really like, the sport so i knew a little bit but i've definitely learned a ton since especially being friends with adam but also you know steve and the pulp show so what did it change for you though once you started listening like how did it change you said you're just a general fan on saturday nights you didn't really miss many races but then once you start getting into pulp world um what did it change for you how you watched how you listened you know what you took in you know it honestly like the pulp show didn't change it for me as much the pulp show changed like kind of just how much I thought about it and ah. the, the level at which like I consumed the, the motocross information. But 
like being friends with Adam, like <clears throat> I've like gotten so much more into the sport because it's, it's so different than my world. It's, it's insane. It, it's absolutely crazy. So like, you know, we will, we'll, we'll spend time talking, him asking questions about my world, me asking about him, just bullshitting, like whether it's on vacation or on the phone, like a couple of days ago, like just, it's really interesting for both of us because there's really no crossover outside of they race in our stadiums. Like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Their days are different. Their weeks are different, you know? Um, but I, I've taken some things from him and, and his experiences and, and we've been through in our careers, like kind of, kind of hell for the last couple of years. And we've both been able to stay healthy the last two years. So, so we've just like bounced stuff off each other and it's someone, uh, having that someone like outside of the sport to, yeah. uh, to just, to just talk to because no one in baseball can have sympathy for me and anything that happens. But uh, talking to someone in moto, like that's where I really got hooked was like, just holy shit, how much these guys go through, the lengths they go through, testing, working out, you know, it's, it's insane. Yeah. So yeah, I but... kind of fell in love with it again there, like just learning from him. Awesome. Um, all that stuff. I love that. Um, who's your favorite co host, in studio co host? Probably. Um, Kiefer and JT. I love JT. I, JT and Weege, like those three are, are, are money. And I think it's so funny too, because like, like what Talon said about JT and, uh, Steve being like polar opposites, like you bring Weege into it and then they're all like, they literally couldn't get, like, they're not even close to right. like, how they all operate. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. See, Weege so, is almost like, like if you didn't know Weege was in the moto industry, he, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. Like you, you just—he's so not an industry type guy. Like he's so knowledgeable, but his way of doing things, his, you know, his presence. Like you'd almost be like, "Are you like you don't like moto? No way." He, he just—he doesn't. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he doesn't fit the uh, the 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 image or the, the what you expect. Um, talent. I mean, he, he wore his jersey backwards a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there you go, Talon. Perfect. Uh, who is your favorite co-host, Talon? I may have asked you this on a previous show, but uh, so far since I've been doing the producer's spot, um, I like Jake and Cope. Yeah, he's good. Definitely, he he's definitely grown on me, and he's he's in my top five for sure. All right, let's get back to four eighteen. Um, tits versus tits. I'm glad they brought this back. I hope this is like almost every time tits is in. Uh, the funniest thing you brought this up, Talon, is on one of the questions. Pookie just looking on the wall of jerseys and writing names down. But you know, we know oh, yeah. we know that Pookie and Tits really don't know a lot of these questions. I know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Tits doesn't know more. Just being a fan and watching every weekend, and you know, being semi related to Pulp. Yeah, because he's been doing the Moto sixty show for years, and I'm I'm just surprised how. Like, not knowing that Marty Davalos, what team Mar- Martin is on, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. I was I was surprised. I knew I knew there was no way Pookie would know that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Tits surprises me sometimes. Um, Betts, would you like the Tits versus Tits segment? And I love the fact that Pookie did not wear the mask this week. Yeah. I, actually, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the show, uh, the show live. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, but, yeah, no, they're, they're hilarious. I'm like, Spooky actually, like, it, it's so funny because, like, on some of them, she's in the right zip code, but she's, like, totally on the wrong block. Like, yeah. She's, like, she's, she's there. She knows who she should say or something along those lines and then turns into a 180-degree miss, and it's fucking hilarious. I feel bad for her because 
she gets so embarrassed and like she feels bad about herself for it. I mean, well, I, we all love it. She, yeah. <laughs> badass, yeah. Right. All right, let's touch on a few more things before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Garrett Marchbanks comes on after his first win. Um, I just a couple things I liked about Marchbanks was him, you know, him saying, "Hey, I forgot the taste of winning because it has been a long time since he won an amateur race." Uh, I really, I just thought the kid was, you know, awesome. I thought he was a great interview. He was stoked. Um, what do you think about him, Talon? I thought it was great, and I like how he said. Uh... I think someone asked him how the nerves were or something. Yes. He said after the first five minutes, he said the first five minutes he was thinking, oh, man, someone, someone's coming for me. And then after that, he realized he had the pace and he was able to just settle in and run his laps. It, it's pretty impressive, like, first time being out front to be able to, to hold it like that with Sexton all over you. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm glad that Steve got him on. Uh, Betts, did you like the, the March Banks interview? Anything stick out to you? Yeah, I, thought, I mean, it was super genuine, um, and it was it was just I don't like pounds, but you could tell how stoked he was. And um, obviously in a totally different world, like I've, I've been in that situation where like you're doing everything possible and you have no clue whatsoever if you can still do it at that level anymore. Um, and it just takes like that one thing to click. And, 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 you know, like you hear everyone say like, Oh, I just need to start. Like, I think it's a little bit more than that, but if that one thing clicks, like it's on, like he, he could, he could rattle a couple off, like who knows? But it was super cool to see like someone regain that confidence, and you know, we've all been there struggling and stuff. So the whole thing was awesome. Totally agree. Hey, I want to thank once again Michelin Bicycle Tires, Guts Racing, and Motorsport dot com for all coming on board the wrap up show. And as always, say go to pulpamexshow dot com. Click on the sponsor links. There are discount codes and links to the sponsors there. Go support everybody uh, that makes th- makes these things happen. Uh, Nick McCampbell, mechanic for Justin Hill at MCR, one of my bros. Uh, they got him on the phone. Obviously, Steve is still, I don't know how long it's been now. It feels like it's been two years trying to get this hot tub uh, and doesn't seem to be really any updates. Talon, does he ever get the hot tub? I think he does. I think he does. Whether he ends up paying for it at a good deal or not, which I think that's just <laughs> Deal. I don't think he's going to get one for free, but yeah, they'll probably end up getting a refurbished one or something like that at a good deal. Yeah, how about you? Bet? I'm kind of nervous about the the segment that they're going to do from there. All the electronics <laughs> and the water. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in my chair over in the corner. Yeah, that'll just be. Hopefully, that'll be like Heather and Pookie uh, holding the mics for just a moment. Yeah, and, or maybe some maybe yeah. holding the GoPro. Bets. What do you think, man? Does he get the hot tub? No, it's over. It's <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right, Max Steffens, the new marketing manager at WPS, comes on board. Obviously, he's been the athlete manager for years, uh, works with JT very closely. Uh, Max is a fantastic guy. He's probably the guy that hooks up tits with all his fly racing stuff. Um, just I, th- I thought it was good. I, I really enjoyed the back and forth uh, about Steve trying to get more money for the cameras and more money from the show bets when he's already really the highest paid uh for certainly the highest paid podcast that fly sponsors, but Steve always looking for more. Yeah, no, I, you got to respect it. Though. Like the guy's just trying to go out funny. Yeah. And he's got, he's got JT sitting there too. So like, why not make some good radio and put them all in a shitty spot and just put them on the spotlight and ask for more money just straight up. Yeah. Do you, th- I, talent? I mean, how serious is he about this, that they should have paid for the cameras? What do you think? Uh, I think it's semi-serious. I think it's building up to him letting them know that he wants a promotion for next year. Because <laughs> I think 
listening to them talk, you could hear, you know, JT at one point said he knows how Steve works, which I think what he means by that is Steve didn't want to ask for the money up front saying he was going to do this. You know, yeah. he wanted to have everything up and rolling, you know, before he asked for anything. But that's just not how that's just not how budgets work. Like he, he needed to get to fly earlier with that, but yeah, and I think this I think is it's a, good, and I think he'll end up getting a race next year. Another one, yeah. He, I mean, he already. I'll take the race he got this year. I mean, geez, the guy is the guy's killing it with fly and, and gets all kinds of cool product. Which, I mean, Steve deserves it. There's no doubt his show, you know, is where it is because of what he does, and the sponsors are a huge part of that. But I, I think I think there's a little bit of seriousness behind it. But at the same time, kind of like some of the other situations, it's just he knows how to make it entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Connor Fields, man, he calls in because uh, he doesn't want to be forgotten and replaced by our Chris Betts. Chris, can we get a beef going between you and Connor Fields? No, I like I can't compete with a fucking Olympian. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and Connor's like, I awesome. I don't. You know, like I'm not like crazy well endowed. Like I'm just a. Stuff. Plays fucking baseball, and he's this guy's got a gold medal. Like I'm, I'm out on that. I can't compete with this guy. So Connor, you want his gold medal, and he wants your signing bonus. Yeah, you know, and I, I would take. I think I'm going to hold on to the signing bonus and like right. let the clout of the gold medal let him keep that. But I do see where he's coming from with that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and Talon, how about Steve asking, telling uh, Connor, you know, we're gonna, you're gonna come over, you're gonna close your eyes, and you're gonna try to decide if hit Steve's gold medal from uh, Glen Helen. Which medal's which? If he can pick the right medal, he gets to keep the one he picks. <laughs> That's just Steve trying to get his yeah. hands on a real gold medal. Yeah, Connor was pretty confident that he would be able to tell the difference, though. Oh, yeah. I like how he went into the – he would send the forms over, the tax forms over, too. <laughs> right. Can you believe God, he's got to pay awesome. – get a 1099 for a gold medal? God dang, Beth. For a trophy, yeah. That's ridiculous. All right, three more things – two more it's things I want to touch on. We'll wrap this thing up. Um, no – Will Hahn uh, will call this week. Will Hahn's busy again. Um, Bets, man, do you think Will's just kind of trying to wait for the some of the heat to, to die down, or is he legitimately busy? I don't know. He's probably legitimately busy, but also, like, Pulp Nation's got to fucking chill. Like, they're ruthless. Like, yeah, you're telling me. Com- oh, my God. The comments on your stuff, on, on Will Hahn's stuff, on swap stuff, it's like, oh my god, these people are living and dying by this, by this, by this man who lives in Vegas and pumps out twelve hours of podcast a week. Like, it's like, it's like, who was the guy that had all the crazy followers in, in L.A. Um, in like the eighties or the nineties, like almost a serial killer. Like he's just got this massive cult. Like that's so, how talk that's about how Manson. Yeah, like Steve just has this like this cult that will do whatever he says. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it, we compare it a lot to the Howard Stern show and uh, the Whack Packers and his fans. Man, his fans are insane, and Steve's fans are fairly similar. Uh, maybe not quite as out there. Well, some of them are. So he he definitely has that crazy following where people almost have a little bit of a worship, you know, and people help people accuse me of, you know, you know, sucking his dick or whatever. I mean, I'm a fan clearly, but, um, there's some crazy hey, ones. Anything out. for a couple bucks. <laughs> yeah. All I'll right. say though, that $20 is $20. That wasn't, that wasn't something that we overhyped for the show. Like if anything, we underhyped that because about five minutes before we went live, Kiefer was going crazy. Like he was at a 10 just yeah. 
all revved up. And then I, I was I was waiting for a caller or Steve or someone to get him going during the show, but Keeper kept it together. He was he was legitimately he was legitimately mad at that. Yeah, I texted Chris. That wasn't like us for the show. I texted Chris like the week before. It, after the swap thing posted, like that night or the next night, I texted Chris. I was like, is this for real? Like, are you really mad? And he never responded. So I would take that as, yeah, he's pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he was legitimately upset. Yeah, I didn't realize until a few days later that, okay, yeah, he's actually fired up. And then I couldn't wait for the Pulp Show that Monday night. And they... They brought it, but they, yeah, it wasn't at the, the like, I figured it was going to be 11, you know, and it was more of a, an eight, you know, Steve's at his, always at his yeah, five. Yeah, it was and, at 11 before we went live. Yeah. It was, I was, I was laughing over in the corner waiting, because I thought, <laughs> I don't know, I thought he was going to go for it live, but he, he kept it together. Uh, that's probably a good thing. Probably so, for future. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to do, man, when you're that fired up. Um, All right, last thing, Talon. You've been involved with the Pulp Show for a while. I want to get a little bit of your background, um, you know, how you first got involved, um, even before you became, you know, it, were battling for the producer spot with Marks. How'd, that, how'd you first get involved and get to know Steve? Uh, so I was actually, I went to Glen Helen for a USGP. I think it was the one Jesse Nelson won the 250 class. Okay. And I, I got a pass for the pits and I just saw Steve walking around and I walked up to him and I said, hey, I could kind of tell there was some tension like with Gibbs, the old producer. Like you could just tell they they were always ribbing him and whatever. So I just kind of like jokingly said to Steve, hey, I live in Vegas if you ever need a producer. And he just told me to email him and then yeah, he actually got back to me. So how surprised were I mean, how because I know we've talked about this when you were on before, but like at that, how long have you been listening at that point? Uh, at that point, cause this was probably three or four years ago, yeah. and I probably just started listening like that year. Okay, so you maybe got involved. I've maybe been listening for a year by then. Yeah, yeah, so you you kind of got your foot in the door pretty quick. Yeah, so I was out suspension testing one day, and someone who was out there like testing with me had it playing in their van, like while we were waiting for the guy to revalve our stuff. And I heard it playing. I was like, "Oh man, what is that?" So then my whole drive back from California, I did what Betts did. I started playing all of them. It hooked me. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, Chris, is there anything about Pulp MX, the Pulp MX show, any other sh- anything that Steve does that you would like more of, like to see change? Uh, you know, wh- what would you like to see the, the next step in Pulp Nation? Oh, man, that's anything? tough. Um, I don't know, dude. I, I, I love it the way it is, like, like my the first episode I listened to was Lasergate, so oh, it's like wow. it's been a steady decline. Oh yeah, <laughs> steady uh, decline. <laughs> you peaked but, early. You peaked at round one. Yeah, yeah. I like I came in hot, but it's like it, I don't know. It's so good, and it's like when I tell people, you know, like oh, what do you listen to? And and I tell them, you know, yeah, it's this live five hour podcast about motocross on Monday night. They look yeah. at me like I'm fucking insane. Yep. Like yeah. And, and the fact the fact that he can have a five hour podcast and like keep people locked in and like take it to where it is now is so impressive that like I I don't think I can bring anything to the table and make it better. I, I was really happy with the upgrade of the video of the live show. You know the the multiple cameras. I think that's good stuff. So I, and, and I had said that even before they were doing it. Like more behind the scenes stuff. And I think that's what a lot of the fans would like to know. Like what goes on in the commercial breaks. Um, and they're starting to show, you know, not really during the commercial breaks, but we're getting a little more behind the scenes stuff. I'd like to have a, a camera over Talon's back, you know, when he's in studio or tits showing how the board were or how the, what he's doing, you know, pick, going through the callers, 
uh, hitting drops or yeah. whatever. I'd like to see a little bit of that because um, that's something that I have to do with my show, and, and I think that's pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to improve on what he's got. What about you, Talon? Anything you'd like to see upgraded? Uh, I think he's doing a pretty good job for now. I yeah. think he's still learning, too, like, or still trying to improve it, too, because he texted me this week about – about an idea about using like an iPad for drops for when Pitch is in studio or vice versa. So he's always trying to improve and he's yeah. I don't know, trying to make the show better. But maybe better cameras or it's honestly pretty good right now. But oh, yeah, yeah, better cameras or the audio is good. I don't know. I don't really know where to improve. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what's really impressive is uh, the app. The app's fucking incredible. Okay, so does it? I, I don't use the app much, but I see on when I'm watching on Facebook or I'm watching on YouTube, I see a lot of people get on there and be like, "Marks, the the effing app is not working." You know, do you do you have any problems with it yourself? No. So the reason I started using the app was like my podcast library was taking up so much space in my phone, and I don't know if it's any different or if I just haven't taken up that much space yet, but. Um, like when I listen live, like I don't watch it. Like if I listen live, I just hit play and listen live on the app. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's smooth sailing on the app. And then also like, um, just like it's super easy to just go back and like listen to shows and do stuff on there. And, and it plays even when you're out of the app. Like that to me is like so convenient. Like the podcast app just killed my phone, killed my storage. So that was nice to find that. I think that's, that part's sick too. Yeah, I guess I'm. I hate. It's weird saying what I'm about to say, but I still use an iPod, and I don't feel like that technology is that old. But to most people, that's like old technology, and that's. I put all my podcasts on my iPod, and then take it from truck to truck or whatever. And I don't even use my phone, so I never really run out of memory. But um, so I don't use the. That's why I don't use the app. I guess. Talon, what about you? How do you listen? I just use through the Purple Podcast app on the iPhones. Okay, I just use the talk. Stock app. The iPod, the iPod, I, diabolical. I, I can't believe you do that. What'd you say, Bats, about it? What? I, the, the iPod is just like that's diabolical. I can't believe you use that, dude. I go. Really, I I use all my stuff through there. Yeah, and people look at me like like they don't even make iPods anymore, other than the touch screen, the the I guess the iPod Touch. But mine are the older ones. Yeah. And like when I tried to go yeah. get a new one about a year ago because mine crashed and I couldn't listen to Pulp and I was going insane, they're like, "Yeah, we don't. They don't make those anymore." So then I go on trying to find them online, and instead of them being one hundred and fifty bucks, they were like three hundred and fifty if you could find them because people Cause you jack- can't get them anymore. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea for keeping the storage off your phone, though. Yeah, I don't stream crap on my phone, Harley, but I I definitely like my iPod. But all right, we're gonna wrap this one up. That's episode four eighteen. Uh, I want to thank Chris Betts and Talon for coming uh, coming on the show and discussing it. Uh, I think it was a, a, a good show, as always. No no real downtime. It was pretty entertaining the whole time. I uh, appreciate you guys coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, Talon. Thanks, thanks for having us, Dark Side. I appreciate you guys and hope to uh, have you on again soon. We're, uh, we're out of here. That's a wrap. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Yeah, me.